But I'm going to let you introduce our next uh, interviewee, someone you know very well. Absolutely. Well, uh, our next interviewee, we have Jay Tooley here, president of Leader Bank. Welcome, Jay. Oh, you're, uh, you're on mute. Evan, Jeff, how are you? We're good. Hi, Jay. Nice well. to see you again. Good to see you. I know uh, Jay is one of our returning guests, and we always love to have him back on. Uh, so, Jay, to kind of get things kicked uh, to get things kicked off, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Leader Bank does, and I guess more so, what makes Leader Bank a little bit different than all the other banks out there? Sure, happy to. Um, so, a little bit about Leader Bank. We were founded in two thousand two. Um, and we have a little bit of a family business element in it that my father started the bank from scratch in 2002. So we are one of the youngest um, uh, Boston area banks. And we were started as a startup. <clears throat> and um, I've been here about 15 years. We've grown uh, from the original $6 million in capital that was needed to start a bank to now we're um, about $2.5 billion in assets. We have almost 400 employees. Um, and as far as what we do, you know, um, we do a lot of traditional banking things. Um, we take deposits, we make loans, but I would say where we really differentiate is we are one of the largest uh, home mortgage lenders in the state. We are in fact the largest bank uh, mortgage lender in the state. Um, we have a lot of customized business banking solutions uh, for businesses who keep their deposits with us. And we, we are quite an active commercial real estate lender. Well, that's, uh, that's quite a bit uh, to get started with over here. Uh, well, and I know one, oh, sorry, Jeff. Well, and Jay, I just want to say it's, you know, great. It's very refreshing to see a family owned business in the banking industry, especially uh, with all the consolidation going on in New England. Uh, you, must be, you must be feeling that you're standing alone in the room right now. Yeah, you know, I, I love when there's consolidation. There's always an abundance of opportunities. And uh, the banking industry is one with a lot of consolidation. So, Good. So, Evan, I'm going to let you go first. I know you're always uh, quick to have a question. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. Uh, I wanted to go back. You, uh, you talked about the family business for a minute. Uh, you know, I know that you're doing it with your father. I know that you're currently the president of the bank. But uh, did you start as the president or can you tell us a little bit about where you started at the bank and how you've kind of grown throughout the years? Maybe what your key factors of success were to kind of get to where you are now? Yeah, sure. I mean, when I started again, it was 15 years ago. <clears throat> at that time, we only had about um, maybe 20 employees. I was working in investment banking. So I worked with JP Morgan for a while and I worked for a smaller firm in Boston and um, I got tired of, of the long hours. And so, um, you know, my dad was saying, hey, I need a little help. Why don't you join me? And if it works, great. If it doesn't, you can always get another job. So I came in right at the bottom. Um, <clears throat> I was doing a little bit of marketing stuff. I was a loan officer at the bank. Back then we had two loan officers, of which I was one, and I wasn't particularly good at it. Um, so in the beginning, um, I realized uh, as a young person coming in, my source of differentiation had to be outworking everyone. Um, so I came in early and I left, you know, 8 p.m. I mean, I was a single guy back then. That, that was easier for me to do. 
So I could just put in long hours. I could get more, you know, I didn't know anything. So all I had was just pure brute effort. And over the years, um, you know, you just, you just start to learn more. You start to get acclimated with the business. You start to have a couple successes. The existing employees start to realize that, okay, this is somebody more than just the, you know, the CEO's son. And they start to see you for you rather than you being a family member. And then as time uh, continues and you start to grow businesses, I mean, there was one point where I had like hired everybody at the bank. So when you're hiring new people, they're not questioning anything. You know, it's just the way things are. And um, so the family dynamic became less and less a piece of it. We were just, uh, you know, father and son in the bank, but we were a bank. And, and so that, that became less of an issue. Um, but it's, it's been a joy uh, to work with my father. I mean, I don't think a lot of people have the opportunity to say that, but I think we've created um, a really good working relationship. You know, I come out of a family business. My, my wife is out of family business, so we're family business serial experiences, and I've consulted mostly to family businesses <clears> over <throat> the last 30 years, and uh, I, I like to take a high road with you. Since you've been the president, have you seen situations where you sort of say to yourself, wow, I'm more like my father than I thought I was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the, you know, in the, in the beginning, I was um, always trying to push new ideas, you know, push for change, push for, let's think about this radically different. And, um, as I've kind of evolved in the business and now president, um, other people are trying to do that to me, right? They're pushing for new ideas. They're pushing. And so um, now I'm wearing a hat that he was wearing. We have to like kind of think of it in a different lens. Well, how, that, how much is that going to cost? What's the reputational risk? All those types of things. So yeah, I start to see some of those earlier conversations that we had decades ago, you know, come back to me now. Great. And Jay, uh, I mean, with all that being said, uh, I, I wanted to kind of talk about some of the initiatives that uh, you've done last year and this year, because um, I know you are you have ideas and your staff has lots of fantastic ideas as well. Do you want to talk to us about what you've done over the past year and maybe what you're looking to do as the next year or so uh, continues to proceed on? Yeah, sure. I mean, in the um, I'd say probably it's changed in the last five years, like the kind of key strategic initiatives. If I go back five years ago, we really were focused on product differentiation. What can we build in the bank that allows our product to differentiate from other banks? So I would say that was more like engineering of products and how we can be different. Um, in the last couple of years, as we've grown so much, it's really been about efficiency. What can we do to scale and be much more efficient and automate things because there's just not enough humans you can throw at certain problems like PPP loans and that happened. Phones are ringing off the hook and all this stuff. You can't throw enough bodies at it. So you need to start thinking about automating and stuff like that. And this year, the next couple of years, um, we're really shifting now that we, we have some good products, we have some good automation, much more to brand awareness and marketing. And that's different for me because um, for the longest time, I always put that on the side. It's like, that's something big companies do. That's something big companies worry about, brand and stuff like that. But now I can really see that if we increase our brand awareness, we create that connection with customers. I do really believe our business is going to substantially grow. 
So I've been really starting to learn about that and think about that. I, I support that. Uh, clearly, that's uh, something I've believed in since my early days uh, at, uh, as a madman at Doyle Day and Burnback, and that is that I'm a big fan of organizational personality and that people like to affiliate with something that they understand. Uh, and so I think you're right, but that's part of the evolution of building a business. Exactly. I, you, know, you saw it as a developmental process and I would agree it's part of the development of any organization. What are some of the biggest challenges, you know, as we're now starting to go maskless again and changing our organizations again, we're always going through this change. What do you think are some of the biggest challenges you're facing going into the next 18 months? Yeah, I mean, I think post-COVID from a workforce perspective, there's challenges and there's opportunities. So the challenges are, you know, what are you going to do with all your commercial space? I mean, we operated the last year 100% remote. Productivity went up and we grew more than we've grown in years. And so it's hard to justify to employees like the need to come back. Um, so I think we'll probably have a hybrid model. I mean, we'll never be the same. You know, we'll have some people that never have to come back. We'll have some people that can come back, the need to come back once in a while. And then we'll have a smaller segment of people that always need to be, you know, like branches, for example. The plus side of it is that we've now started to say, okay, well, if that's the case, do we really have to just limit our recruiting to the greater Boston area? The wages are higher. There's limited workforce. Um, why can't we hire in Virginia? Why can't we hire in Florida? Why can't we, you know, and so we've been doing that. We've been expanding the geographical pool for our workforce. And that's been uh, really great. The other thing about it is then you have to think about like, okay, how do you hire people and train them and onboard them in a completely virtual format without them thinking they're just like playing a video game, like they feel connected to the company. So we've had to really think through creatively about how we check in with these people. You know, how do we, how do we like bring them into the culture? And, and that's been harder than you would think, but I think we, we have some ideas and, and we're experimenting and um, some good success stories there. Yeah, I think that you guys have done a tremendous job. Uh, you know, I know we got to talk earlier last week about uh, all the different, the magnitude of the different people you've been hiring, which is uh, just amazing. Uh, I, I know we're getting a short on time, so uh, we have one more question that I'd like to kind of ask. And I just want this to be geared towards our CFO listeners out there. Um, for any of them that are working in an organization that is experiencing this expansive growth mode where they have to hire many people all at once um, and have to pay for it and make sure they're structuring it in their, uh, you know, projections properly. What, what would, what kind of advice, if you were to go look back at this past year, what kind of advice, if you were to do it all over again, would you give them? From the perspective of um, Cost management, Evan, or from the perspective uh, of culture, there's a lot of angles to that. Cost management and, and strategy of it, because I know I do the hiring yeah. at my firm. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I, I would say um, when it comes to, okay, so I would say really going after great people. And I know everybody says that, Okay. But I think we made a really deliberate shift in the last five years. We were like, we want the absolute best person 
We don't care what industry they're in. We don't care where they live, but we want them. I'll point you to this Silicon Valley study. And probably people have heard of it. When you hear it again, it really makes sense. And it was like, you know, the, the um, top soft, they did a study of giving software developers like a code, like a program to code. And the top performers did it 10x faster and better than the average. Okay. And I've been just thinking about that. When I look at our salespeople, my top salespeople are about 10 times better than the average. My top underwriters have about 10 times output than the average. And so I think about that everywhere I go. Like, how do I find that 10 times better person um, that's worth paying a little bit more for? And so I think for CFOs, you can get stuck in like, well, the average salary is this, we're paying a little bit more. But for the right person, it's, it's really worthwhile. You know, Jay, I can't agree with you more. I mean, this is the stuff I do every day. Uh, everybody's had professionals help them write a resume. Everybody gets coached on uh, interview questions and it's really hire the person. You hire the person of character, of hard work, of values, who likes to learn and is dedicated. And it's, it's always surprising what they'll produce. And I learned that early in my career when I got recruited by a Fortune 50 company. Uh, their philosophy was, you know, we're hiring the best we're not hiring just resumes or retread people. So I think I agree with you completely. Every time you're on Radio Entrepreneurs, I love listening to you. You've been on, I think, three or four times. So you're part of the big alumni. Uh, but if someone's looking for Leader Bank that is growing, it's still locally owned, how do we find Leader Bank in this economy? Yeah, you can go to leaderbank.com. You can email me. I'm J-T-U-L-I at leaderbank.com. Um, you know, plenty of contact information. So I won't flood you with all the little details that's on the website. It's been a pleasure to be here again, Jeff and Evan, and uh, glad to be back. You look healthy. And Evan, uh, before we go, uh, you know, you're at Cypress and Wallach. You're not just the CFO, you're part, and you're not just part of FEI. I mean, you do it all. You're also at Cypress and Wallach. So can you tell people how to contact you? Absolutely. Uh, if you're trying to get in touch with Sapers and Wallach, I would just uh, go to our website, uh, www.sapers-wallach.com. Uh, you can see the whole breadth of services that we provide to our clients, our teammates. And if you want to contact us, uh, you can click on any one of us uh, to get our email addresses. So, uh, so thank you, Jeffrey. And both uh, Sapers and Wallach and uh, Radio Entrepreneurs are uh, partners with FEI, and we enjoy these segments, and you and I co-host these segments on a at least quarterly basis through the whole year. Uh, I also want to say that I am the founder, as you said earlier, of Mage LLC Management Consulting Firm. We've worked with over 700 organizations to help build a stronger or more successful organizations over the years, and we can be found at mageusa.com online. I'm at jdavis at mageusa.com. And I just want to remind everyone that if any of these Radio Entrepreneurs segments that you want to join us, of over a million people who have heard Radio Entrepreneurs, you can find us at, radio, at Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, St and Stitcher. So if you like Radio Entrepreneurs, you can find us just about anywhere, uh, not, not just on the air uh, daily. So Evan, I want to thank you for your participation in all of this. And uh, you've been a great partner and a co-host.